All around the world, people are floundering. There's something missing, something more that they just can't grasp. Do you feel it too? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast. Every week, host Kevin Monroe will help you navigate to your true north and flourish in faith, business, and life. You found us for a reason. Stay tuned to find out why. Is Paul J. Sohn. Paul's the founder of Cara, and he's fresh off of his book tour, releasing his latest book that's already a bestseller, Quarter Life Calling, Pursuing Your God-Given Purpose in Your 20s. So, Paul, thanks for graciously agreeing to join us today. Thanks for having me here, Kevin. Really looking forward to this. You know, this is, we're still in the early episodes of the Higher Purpose podcast. And in these early episodes, Paul, we're laying foundations of what it means to find your identity, to to unlock, unleash your higher purpose in life, what it's all about so people can find and fulfill theirs. And this conversation, the the quarter life calling and all that you're doing through CARA is just perfect for this time in, in the uh, life of this podcast. So I'm excited. Same here. I'm really excited to talk about a lot of the topics that I'm passionate about, identity, calling, purpose, talking about the millennial generation, because I happen to be a millennial as well. So yeah, I'm really excited for this. Well, congratulations on the new book. Uh, well done. I just want to say that. Well done. And there's so much to, that we want to talk about. But You know, I want to start with something a wee bit personal about you, Paul. You said writing a book is like getting naked in public. Now, I know you just returned from New York City as part of the book tour. Please tell me you didn't go running naked through Central Park. That's not what you were talking about, is it? (laughs) No, uh, thankfully that wasn't what I meant. <laughs> what did you mean? What, what, what did it feel like? Or when did you realize you're, you're like exposing everything about Paul to the whole world? Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting process because, you know, it's not like I am a seasoned author. This is my first book. And it's been a, a process of uh, revealing myself to people that perhaps I've never met, and for them to hear my story is um, a really powerful thing because I'm here to just be real, vulnerable, raw, and to talk about some of my challenges, some of my difficulties that I feel a lot of people can resonate with. And it's not always pretty, but I think it's a question of uh, that a lot of people can resonate, such as who am I, why am I here, where, where am I going? And these are some of the most fundamental existential questions that surround any person in life. Uh, But, um, you know, part of my journey is going through that phase and really figuring it out. Absolutely. And, And I'm curious, was there, did you have this understanding from the beginning? Or was there some point when you're writing that you're kind of like, oh, wow, to really have the impact that I want to have, I have to get, get, get naked. As you said, I just have to bear my soul here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a dilemma. It's been a growing process for me because I think it's easy to, to talk about other people. It's a lot easy to talk about different stories of others, uh, illustrations that you can use, but the most powerful and relevant one is your story, my story. 
and being able to have the courage to say, hey, I'm going to fully show up as who I am. And, and how to do that is to be real, talk about my experiences, talk about in a way that's so transparent, so vulnerable. I believe people will really see the heart and authenticity behind that. Absolutely. And, you know, I've followed your blog for a couple of years now is how I first got to know you. And then I'll give a shout out to a mutual friend, PJ, uh, PJ, that introduced us for this podcast. Thanks, PJ, from Gospel Driven. Uh, But as I was reading the book, I felt like I got to know you. So that's why I said, well done. You, you did put yourself out there in a way that people could enter in and, and not just get into your, your head, but get into your heart and kind of experience the journey that you were experiencing. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. I mean, um, I think part of my journey is, is really being able to um, inspire others, equip others by helping them really find out what their calling is. I think that is a central question, central issue that a lot of people talk about. And many people, I feel like, sleepwalk through their lives. And um, they don't necessarily truly uh, live into their full potential. And and that's what really bothers me. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, there's several great quotations around that, uh, about people that, that it's it's just coming to the end of your life and realizing you didn't fully live. That's the greatest regret that most people have. And so Paul, what prompted you to actually sit down and and write this book and bear your soul? What prompted me is I went through a quarter life crisis. And for those who haven't heard of that term, it's a real thing. (laughs) Actually uh, it's midlife crisis happening 20 years earlier. (laughs) <laughs> and um, in, in your mid-20s, it could happen into your maybe early 30s. For me, it happened when I was 24 years old, when I got to work at my dream job at a Fortune 50 company, the largest aerospace company in the world. I was making nearly six figures, driving my favorite BMW Beamer car, living in downtown Portland, a very posh neighborhood. Really uh, what me and many people would call living the dream. But at the surface, everything looked perfect, but deep within, I felt miserable. Mm. And I didn't know why. I mean, after the honeymoon phase of working and and three to six months go by, a year goes by, I start to feel what King Solomon says, like the sense of like vanity or Mm. emptiness or meaninglessness started to kind of pervade into my heart. And I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. And I thought this feeling would go away but it started to get worse and worse and worse. And um, long story short, I had an anxiety attack one night trying to go to bed, but my entire body was shaking. My my hands, my feet were were sweating. My heart was just just racing. And out of desperation, I just called out to God and said, God, I don't know what's going on in my life right now, but I just need to tell you, just tell me that it's going to be okay. Mm. And that's when I felt God was telling me, Paul, You've been asking the wrong questions all your life. And I had this kind of a moment where entire like flashback of all the things that happened in my life, the people I wanted to be with, the school I wanted to go to, the job I wanted to have, the company that I wanted to work for, everything was about me. Everything is about what I wanted instead of what God wanted. Mm. And that's when I realized that I never asked God 
God, what is your plan in my life? And uh, ultimately, I realized that I wasn't the only one who was asking this question. Many people in my age, this millennial generation that is hungry for purpose and calling, they were asking the same questions. And ultimately, I went through my own journey of finding what I call my quarter life calling and wanted to um, share this story and resource to others on how to practically find your calling um, that is also aligned with the Bible as well. Well, there, there's a lot you just said for us to unpack. Uh, a couple of those, and we, we will unpack them. One, I want to make a comment. You, you know, I love how you were talking that from the outside, everything looked perfect. Everything, you know, you had the dream life, not just the dream job, but many of your friends are probably thinking, wow, if, if we could only have what Paul has, if we could only be like Paul, and Paul, I meet so many people. Uh, I was with someone just yesterday. If you look at the externals, everything just looks picture perfect. Mm-hmm. But you talk about Solomon. You mentioned Solomon. So there's another nugget that I love from Solomon. Solomon said that God set eternity yes. in the hearts of men. You know, so there is this longing. There, there, there's a longing there. And, and you had it. So... In your book, what you I think you're about to get there, talking about the difference between primary and secondary callings. Right. Uh, you're touching on that. It's what I call the be-do conundrum. You know, am I supposed to be something or do something? Which is it? Unpack the, the, the difference between the primary and secondary. It's a powerful distinction because I believe that calling, the word calling itself means there is a caller. Oftentimes we focus on the calling. We're so intoxicated with the doing, but stop. Say that again because somebody missed that. It is such a subtle yet profound distinction. If there is a calling, there's a caller. There's an ultimate caller is God, the creator and author of life, who has called me to in a relationship with God. And we often forget that. I often forget that. I'm so focused in this workaholic culture to focus on the work, to focus on the calling, but oftentimes I forget, well, who is calling me in the first place, right? And for me, that primary calling is that primary relationship with me and Jesus. What does my quiet time look like? What does my prayer time look like? Am Am I being connected with God every single day? That is so critical. And when you enter into that relationship, out of that being flows the doing. And that is the secondary calling. The secondary calling is secondary. It can't replace primary, which oftentimes the world we live in, we idolize the calling itself instead of the caller. But secondary calling is very specific to each person. Everybody has a unique specific and secondary calling that they're called to. And, um, you know, I talk about the vocational sweet spot in my book where I help discern what that looks like. But that's a healthy um, idea, a notion of calling that people need to have because a lot of times we have a misunderstanding of what we say when we mean calling. Is it fair to say that the primary is more about being who we are and the secondary is more about doing what we do. 
yes, I would say that definitely. And it's important to to make the distinction and say we need to keep the primary primary and the secondary secondary. If not, if things go out of balance, then it becomes a lot harder for us to actually fulfill and live out our calling. And this is not original to me. You've heard it before, but we're not human doings. We're first off called human beings. So it's about our identity, about our relationship. Okay. In your book, I love this line, finding my call, my life calling led me to make a number of important shifts in my life. So let's unpack that. Do you remember the first shift you made? Oh, there's a lot of shifts I made. <laughs> well, what were some of the most significant early on first shifts? What stands out? Well, I started to realize that God has called me to raise up the next generation of leaders um, to who live out their calling and identity in Christ every single day. And I realized that I had to, first of all, live that out. I can't just be somebody who just talks the talk, but has to walk the talk. And uh, one of the most significant things that I had to do is I had to start um, creating healthy habits that allow me to pursue my calling, right? And it, it could be a simple thing as uh, stewarding my body, eating healthy, uh, working out, you know, things like that. Before it was just a chore or before it was just like, ah, oh, I just have to work out. You know, I can eat whatever I want. But now if for me to fully live into my calling, I need to have energy. I need to have to be myself. And if I'm constantly tired, if I'm not leveraging that and being faithful to that, then I'm not being a good steward. Another big thing that I also had to make some big shifts is in my relationships as well. Mm. Toxic relationships, um, I mean, this is very personal, but I was dating uh, my ex-girlfriend at the time been for several years, but I actually had to you know, break up with that relationship because um, things were not healthy and um, it wasn't easy. So I actually found like, you know, when people talk about calling, they think it's a very glamorous, sexy thing to follow your calling and pursue that. But I'll just tell you, anybody who's listening, finding your calling and pursuing your calling, it's difficult work. Yeah. It's challenging. But out of those challenges, you have a sense of peace and joy that emanates with pursuing your calling. Well, and one of the reasons it's difficult is that it's deep work. It, it really requires some introspection and some reflection around life, and it's a, it's a deep work. Okay, these shifts. I've, I've got another question about the shifts. Looking back, or, or even as you were going through, did you realize, was there a point when they started getting easier, where the snowball effect, momentum was, was in your favor? I started to realize that when God started to take my driver's seat and when he was making things happen. For instance, I quit my Fortune 50 job. I moved from Portland to San Diego. I um, went from a, a six, well, six-figure salary to maybe you know quarter of that. A lot of difficult changes, challenges that I had to deal with. But God connected me to all these different people that led me to start my book, my book becoming um, an Amazon bestseller, then getting 
translated into Korean and Polish and uh, getting a, a, a book deal, a significant book deal with a top three Christian publisher. All these things, honestly, I didn't plan at all. Mm. Everything was God. So I don't call it a coincidence. Yeah. My favorite word is, is a God incidence. Okay. God is all over it. And when I started to see his hand and all of this, I just take a seat and I'm like, wow, God, I can't deny your work here. And that's what gives me the confidence that despite that I'm still in this process of growing and as an entrepreneur, I'm making all these changes, but I just know that God has things in control and I just got to do my part. And I got to, I got to hustle and connect and leverage my strengths and all that. But um, I just know that God's going to, you know, lead me to the right path. Awesome. Hey, there's another line from the book. Um, Purpose and meaning are issues that a lot of 20-somethings grapple with. Paul, let me assure you, it's not limited to 20-somethings. There are 30-somethings, 40-somethings, 50, 60, 70-somethings that are grappling with the same topics. Uh, And one of the things I love so much about your book is hoping that we see this influx of people getting it an understanding of it in their 20s so that as they go into their 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond, they've got tailwinds and momentum in their favor rather than that they've, you know, there's so much resistance at this point to make some of those significant changes. Well, Susan, who's a member of the Higher Purpose community, ask a question that I think many people would like to know related to your statement there. What's different about the pursuit of purpose for a 20-something than other generations? Yeah, that's a great question. And Kevin, like you said, I agree 100%. Regardless of your age, we are wired for purpose. We are wired to live a meaningful, purpose-driven life. The reason why 20-somethings are different is because we're living in an age today where so many options, we have so many overload of choices whether it's the majors we choose, the colleges we choose, the jobs we choose. Um, I mean, people can even make money through Uber or Fiverr, like all these different um, things that people can do to to find meaning and purpose. So Gallup studies, they recently did a poll and they said, what makes millennials and 20-somethings unique? And before, if it was just a paycheck, paycheck is now just a prerequisite. Yep. Millennials, what they want is purpose and they want to be part of something that they know they're contributing to a, a larger movement or a social cause that they want to be feel it's significant and they want to live a purpose in life. They don't want to just, you know, waste their life. And I think that's been a, a lot more highlighted and elevated um, for many 20 somethings today because of the world that we're living in. It's a, it's, a VUCA world, it's short for uh, uh, V-U-C-A. It's a volatile, it's uh, uncertain, complex, ambiguous world we're living in. And out of all of that, people are wanting to be grounded in their God-given purpose. Okay, there's something else. I, let, let's peel back this a little bit more. In your book, and I love this part of your book, you start talking about the 20s being a such such a critical decade because of how many life-directing decisions are made. 
unpack some of those for us and, and the impact that not only you see, but researchers see how this, how what you do in your 20s sets the course. Yeah, I mean, one author said that your 20s is your defining decade. They say that 80% of life's most defining moments happened before the age of 35. And if you just think about the transitions that a 20-something experiences, whether it's leaving your, your home and finishing school, dating and finding the person, your significant other, um, you know, trying to settle down, um, even in terms of jobs, I mean, an average 20-something today has seven different jobs just in the 20s alone. Mm. It is a critical time. Uh, it's a critical time of self-awareness, exploration, experimentation. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a decade that you really have to take it seriously. If not, it's just going to go by and we're, gonna, we're just going to flounder in the sea of emptiness and meaninglessness and you're going to feel stuck. And that's what I really want to prevent is how do you use those experiences in your 20s to learn about yourself, learn about God and be intentional so that your time in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, that it's going to be full of intentionality and you'll be able to fully live into who God created you to be. And that's an amazing thing. I think that's like incredible potential there. Absolutely. The transition I love seeing people make is going from floundering to flourishing in life. And I believe what you're helping people start flourishing much sooner in life. And I love it. Well, let's go beyond the book just a little bit, Paul. How do you describe your purpose now? Yeah, uh, I love that question, uh, Kevin. I mean, I, I really believe God has called me to do three things, to inspire, to equip, and to empower. And this season of my life, I am, I, I am committed to develop and raise up the next generation of leaders who will become the cultural influencers of this world, people who are biblically-minded um, thought leaders who are uh, competent in their field to become the Daniels of this age, and whether it's the field of government, education, business, religion, you name it. Mm-hmm. But we need to have these cultural influencers. And I believe that I have a unique talent and a calling in resourcing and providing information, coaching them um, so that they can feel equipped to be able to be salt and light of this world. Okay. And in your pursuit of purpose, uh, you've, you've recently launched something new to, for the expression of your purpose. Tell us about CARA. Yeah. CARA is an organization I recently started a few months ago. The word is a Hebrew word means to call. But as you know, Hebrew, it has like multiple definitions and also means to name. And I just love that because if you think about the story of Abraham, he was he came he became uh, Abraham from Abram, mm-hmm. right? And his meaning of his name change, but his destiny changed because Abram meant high father. Abraham means the father of multitudes. Mm. And I just love that because I believe every single person here has a unique and God-given calling. But so many of us go to our deathbeds without even discovering what our calling is. And that really pains me. And therefore, the creation of Kara is a resource hub. It's a community. It's 
uh, a, a kind of a think tank where we provide not only information that's relevant to 20-somethings, but also practical tools and coaching and workshops where we can really empower them to fully live into their calling. Fabulous. Love the work you're doing there. Thank you. And I would even say CARA is also a movement. That's how I first understood CARA was a bit of a movement. We want to CARAfy people. (laughs) And what we mean by that is we want to redefine success. We want to redefine success from a place of power, prestige, and possessions, the worldly pursuits, which I, you know, that was part of my idol growing up, but being able to transition into this idea of faithful stewardship, that God has created me uniquely, giving me a set of talents and gifts and, and a life story and a passion. And for me to, to dig into that and fully maximize that, becoming the best version of myself instead of constant comparisons, which often, you know, pervade our society. Okay, so you're touching in, you used a couple of words, you got real close to the the topic that first connected us, which was servant leadership. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and servant leadership is is what you're talking about. This view that the world's not about me, but I'm here as a steward and I'm here to serve. I'm not here to serve myself, I'm here to serve others. So, servant leadership, how does that generate through or express itself through what you're doing now? Uh, I mean, first and foremost, I I highly espouse that idea of servant leadership because, you know, for me to do work effectively, I need to work through people. Um, I cannot do things alone. I can't be a dictator. I need to serve others. I need to really be interested, genuinely curious about others, and therefore need to think about what are their needs. How can I serve them? And I mean, as you know, it's, it's a continual process and I have to live that out, not only in the organizational and the, my work setting, but it applies in my family, yeah. applies with my friends and my church community. Um, so that's, that's a huge thing that I, I really believe in. Yeah. The, the comment I often make in tra- it's 24 seven, it's not something you do when you show up on the job, but if you're really embracing servant leadership, it, it it's something you carry with you wherever you go and whatever role you're serving at that moment. Let's go a little more back into that vulnerable, the, the inside Paul. So Paul, do you ever have a down day or an off moment or is all of life rainbows and unicorns for you? I wish I could say it's all rainbows and unicorns, but you know, life is life. It's full of challenges and um, I embrace it. (laughs) I uh, have, difficult time as well with especially my um, lifestyle these days it's not a nine-to-five it's a very flexible mm-hmm. entrepreneurial life so I travel a lot and uh, I get hyped up by connecting people but then I come back home and it's just like I feel a roller coaster of emotions and I come back home and it's just a lot harder to go back into the daily rhythms because I don't have that and as someone who enjoys structure um, a lot of my work is very unstructured as well. So I'm just still figuring out, like, how do I best balance that and prioritize that? But, um, yeah, I, I wish definitely I could say life is full of rainbows and unicorns, but maybe only in the Hollywood movies. 
So is there something different as you look back on the Paul now navigating these challenges that you just described and riding the roller coaster versus the Paul four or five years ago living the air quote dream? How are you processing or how do you see difficulties and challenges differently now than you did then? I definitely became a lot more resilient person. I feel like through a lot of these changes, I actually really believe that you know anybody who's been successful or who are successful, um, they they have they came to that place because they risked something. They there was a lot of courage that they had to muster to be at a to be able to be at that place. And oftentimes you are going to be surrounded by a lot of challenges and difficulties. And before I just wanted to kind of go to the smooth ride of life, but now I guess the more challenges I face, the more spiritual attack I have. I mean, that's a good sign. That shows that I'm the right path. And um, one book that I go back to, it's called uh, by Samuel Chan, uh, I think it's called Leadership is Pain, talks about how growth uh, equals pain. Mm -hmm. And if you're not growing, um, you're probably not experiencing pain and vice versa. If you're not experiencing pain, you're probably not growing. So I'm doing my best to intentionally put myself out there uh-huh. or I would experience pain because I know that's going to, it's a sign of me growing. But again, there's so many days where like, gosh, this is painful, <laughs> you know, and uh, you go through these growing pains and you're like, man, I don't know if it's the right thing or not, but then you pray about it. You talk to your friends and your community about it and they affirm you and they help you um, kind of go through that process stronger. Okay. A before and after question, but today, Looking back or, or looking at your life now, what, what three words best describe your life today? Oh, three words. Oh, man. Um, I definitely would say one is excitement. Okay. I see Every that. day is full of excitement. Second is trust. Okay. I can't live my life these days without trusting God. And third is, that's a hard one. Um, I would say sweet spot because I feel like that's what I'm really getting close to is being at a place of my sweet spot. I was going to offer a different one, but it was the same thing. I was going to offer focus, but you're focused on uh-huh. the sweet spot. So yeah, that's a good same one. concept. Okay. Now go back before you started this journey. What would be the three words that you would have used to characterize Paul Sohn then? <sighs> Driven. Mm. I was very driven instead of being called, insecure, and I would say anxious. And I think that comes out of insecurity. Um, So, yeah. Wow. Okay. So how many years is this journey? I mean, this is a lifelong journey, but for me, it really started uh, when I graduated from college. So it's been, you know, seven, eight years already. Okay, so, so in a seven or eight year period, you went from being driven, insecure, and anxious to being excited, living in trust, and focused on the sweet spot. How does yeah. that uh, it feels amazing. It I feels, it. <laughs> feels very blessed. I, 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 yeah, that's, I, I just love that. Uh, praise God. So for the person 
that's listening and wondering that they can relate to being driven. They can relate to being insecure or anxious or, you know, a host of other words may be the words they would identify with now. And they're wondering, how do I get started on a journey of higher purpose, a journey of finding my calling? What's your word of encouragement to them, Paul? Oh, man, I, my encouragement is you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. I, I've been there. I've, I've gone through an anxiety attack. I've had a lot of stressful moments. I, I had a lot of time whether uh, thinking about, is this the right decision of quitting my job? Um, you know, many people called it corporate suicide when I did that. And, you know, just a lot of difficulties. But just first and foremost, know that you're not alone. And second of all, you don't have to stay there. You can do something about it. And you know, I would offer just to look for a mentor in your life who you look up to, people that you could trust and just be vulnerable. Put yourself out there. You don't have to sugarcoat things. We live in a Facebook, Instagram world where it's all filtered. But for the first time in your life, why don't you just be yourself and be vulnerable? And when you are so authentic, people can experience that. They can help you. They know how to help you if you, if you put yourself out there. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Okay, before we go, who's been a mentor for you? I know there's several, but who, who are a couple that you just shout out now? Well, I have to give um, so much thanks to my parents. My, I feel so blessed because of my mom and dad. Um, they played different roles of mentorship in my life, but I honestly cannot be where I am without them. And they model what it means to be um, just a like a child of God, what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be wise, um, what it means to just to be a good friend, a good mentor. They teach me so much. And um, I, I'm just so grateful that I am part of a season of my life where I can live with them and to be able to do life with them it is the greatest gift God's given me. So um, yeah, those are two people that I would consider um, highly influential mentors of my life. Well, and I can assure you, they are enjoying be you having you involved in their life. Be, being the, the parent of adult children, I think one of the greatest blessings is when your adult age children choose to hang out with you as a parent. That's mm. cool, Paul. So you know, that, that does. It tells me that, that there's a lot of foundation that was laid there between your parents and you growing up. For people interested Someone that's listening says, gosh, I want to know more. How do I get more of Paul in my life? Where do they go? Yeah, I mean, it's not hard to find me. Uh, You can uh, check out my websites, two of them, paulson.org, or if you're more uh, interested in the resources through Kara, kara kara.org, feel free to check those resources out. There's a lot of free things that we're offering. Um, feel free to connect me on uh, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm very open to connect and have these conversations with you guys. Uh, but um, yeah, it's fairly easy to, to look me up, but um, I'm more than happy to connect with you guys. Paul, I want to thank you. It has just been a delight having this conversation. And I know this is a rich conversation that's going to benefit and bless many that hear it. So thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Kevin. We hope you're enjoying the Higher Purpose Podcast. If so, consider subscribing and leave a review. 
and share it with someone in your life who might need encouragement and purpose. They'll thank you for it.